Hey guys, it's just you and me hanging out today and we're going to talk deep. We're going deep. We're going there. We're going to uncover and I'm going to challenge and I'm going to encourage you guys. Hopefully that's always the goal. So stick around. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Hey guys, how's it going? We are going to jump in to some heavy stuff, (laughs) some deep digging. But before I go down that road of joy and excitement, um, I wanted to let y'all know that my audiobook is out and available on Audible. I wish I had another platform other than Amazon to launch such things, but alas, that is still the best platform for audiobooks. So it is up and available when you go on Amazon and search What If You're Wrong?, by Wendy Cunningham. You can see the book, the Kindle, the audio, all the things right there. Um, you can still get the actual book through Westbow Press. So if you go to westbowpress.com and search for What If You're Wrong by Wendy Cunningham, you can find it there. It's be linked in the show notes. Everything's linked in the show notes, but I'm super excited. I got to record it with my own voice and it actually helped stir up a uh, little excitement and a passion about doing some voiceover work, which is something I never thought I'd do, but I'm exploring doing that. I really, really enjoyed the process. So I hope you enjoy hearing the jokes from the horse's mouth, so to speak. I knew I can't hire anybody else to narrate this book because they're my jokes. It's my story. So I'm thrilled to put that out there and um, hope you guys love it. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Please email me at wendycunningham at protonmail.com so that I can hear all your thoughts about the book or the audio or my podcast or my blogs or anything. I am attempting to be more consistent. I'm putting a podcast out every week. I'm hoping to get into the habit now that I'm getting back into homeschool with the kids. I know that sounds like a weird time to start adding things to your plate, but it gives me structure and it helps me to have a set schedule for the week. So my goal is to have a newsletter come out every other week a blog, and a podcast every week. That's going to be my target. I'm going to move in that direction. So if you're not subscribed to my newsletter, go to gainingmyperspective.com. You can't miss it. It'll it'll be a little pop-up. I'd love to keep you in the know about the different things that I'm putting out and the different things that I'm doing. I'm going to also begin work on that ebook that's going to be um, a devotional for a divided nation. I'm excited about that also. So I'll keep you in the loop about all the things, but make sure that you're subscribing so that you are um, catching all this info. And you guys, it would just do so such wonders for me if you're enjoying this content or anything that I'm putting out, if you can share it, of course, on social media, if you have social media, but also just text it to a friend, email it out, um, tell somebody about it with your mouth. <laughs> um, that is That would help me so much. It is really challenging in the world that we're in right now to not be on social media, and I've chosen to not be. I did join Getter, G-E-T-T-R. If, you are, um, if you've heard about that platform, I'm, it's similar to Twitter um, or like a Facebook news feed. I'm on that. I'm not sure if that's where I'll land forever, but if you want to follow me, it's at Wendy Cunningham there. 
So let's dive into some hard stuff today, guys. I am just feeling so burdened by the mandates that are coming out this week. We're seeing in New York City that there's going to be green passports, vaccine passports, whatever you want to call them. I probably shouldn't use that word. I'm going to be edited. Jab passports that are coming down hard and fast that require that you have the vaccination to go into a restaurant, to a concert, to a show. You guys, this is insanity. And I know that just a couple months ago, this was conspiracy. This was, I remember having a conversation with one of my close girlfriends who's on the other side of the political aisle from me. And although she said she's probably going to take the jab, which of course is her prerogative, it was, you know, she was quick to agree that there's of course, I don't think it should be mandated. And I just don't see that that would ever really be a reality. And, you know, she, of course, thought I was being a little bit dramatic, as often I'm accused of being my whole life. But here we are happening in New York, LA. I'm sure it's going to be rolled out in California as quickly as humanly possible. As soon as we get past that recall election, go California. You guys are just so cool out there that you are pushing and fighting back. I know that there's a lot of Californians who feel like it is a deep, deep blue state. There's just no way we can win. There's nothing we can do. And I encourage you guys to just break that off in Jesus name (laughs) and take up, take courage. The Bible says, right? It doesn't say here's your courage on a plate. It says, take it up, take courage. You have to pick it up. You have to put it on, right? So I am so encouraged by your movement out there just to see that change truly can happen. It's in your hands. So make sure that you show up for that recall election. My birthday is September 15th. I think the election is the 14th. So that would be just such a great birthday present to see patriots just say enough is enough. We're done with this tyranny. Um, and to see this battle being waged from state to state is is cool. So when we can see something like that happen in California, we can see that sort of thing happen in New York if people decide to rise up. And again, I'm not going to stand here. I am going to go over some statistics because I like to do that with y'all. But I'm not here to tell you that you should or shouldn't get a jab. That is totally your prerogative. What I'm asking, what I'm begging, what I'm pleading with y'all to do today is to stand stand on the side of medical liberty. Because this argument, which I'm just done having this argument, I don't even understand it, to be quite frank, that it's for the greater good to get the jab, it, it makes no sense to me. It, I would love for somebody to to please explain it to me because from the get-go, specifically talking about Pfizer and Moderna, I read their clinical trials and I can tell you that transmission was never a part of what they studied. So we never were able to say with any sort of clinical data that if you got the jab, you were no longer transmitting it. Now, of course, now we know that people were because there was an outrageous number of of, uh, breakthrough cases. And if you missed it, months ago, the CDC said openly, we are no longer going to be tracking breakthrough cases unless they result in a hospitalization or a death, which means we are not going to draw any more attention to the fact that massive amounts of jabbed people are still getting COVID. Now, if you can get it and you're jabbed, there's that. If you can get it and you're jabbed and you can spread it, then why is the vaccine, I hate that word, why is the jab the answer? Why is this 
for the greater good, if it doesn't matter if I have it, if I get this jab or not, it makes no difference to my transmittability. And out of the horse's mouth, right, our dear friend Fauci, he even says, you can go find these videos, he is saying it, that there's the same viral load. We're seeing the same exact amount of virus in a vaccinated versus an unvaccinated person now with the Delta variant, if you want to even go down that road of the various variants. But we were told, again, this is all conspiracy coming true, right? I'm like, is cons- can we change conspiracy theory to crystal ball, please, that terminology? Because goodness gracious, months ago, Doctors were coming forth saying if we are putting forth a massive inoculation effort in the midst of a pandemic, what we are going to see is the virus start to mutate and become vaccine resistant. So that's what we're actually seeing in a new Pfizer study I was just looking at yesterday, and I don't want to pull through that data just yet because I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it and talk to other doctors and understand. I say other doctors, like I'm a doctor, not a doctor. Talk to doctors, people that I trust and try to understand the data. But what it appears to be that six months post our six-month trial is now coming out, right? We're, We're six months post mass inoculation now. And we're starting to see that the efficacy is going down, which is why we're talking about the need for booster shots, right? Which, again, that used to be conspiracy. Oh, come on. They're just going to want to jab you every six months. But here we are. We're already seeing the efficacy of this jab going down and the need for boosters, okay? So and so if I can transmit this virus, even if I have the jab, if I can still get it, even if I have it, the only thing, and I will say, I will give this, and there is some data that shows that if you have the jab, you yourself may have, may have slightly less severe symptoms. It may result in saving your life. It may result in um, not a hospitalization, in, in avoiding the hospital. It may it may. There is some statistics that suggest that. Not enough for me to be like, well, that's it. the benefits outweigh the risks. I don't see that we're there. Personally, my own personal medical decision for my age, again, you get, to, you get to look at those studies. You get to make those choices. But the argument that it is for the greater good that we all should get this jab is silly. I don't even understand why that argument is being waged because we now know you can get it and you can spread it whether you're jabbed or not. Thus, the mask mandates coming back from the CDC. That's the reason, right? Because they're discovering, oh, turns out, not only can you get it, but you can still spread it, even if you're not symptomatic, even if you are guarded against being more dramatically symptomatic, you're still spreading it at the same rate. So this for the greater good, can we stop it? Can we stop it with that? Can we stop it with the shaming? Can we stop it? I... This, the very same people that argued and made law in many states that you can have HIV and you do not legally have to disclose that you have HIV or AIDS to your sexual partners, this, is, this was advocated and made into law in several states that you can keep that secret because that is your personal medical information. There are laws that say you cannot discriminate against somebody for their medical disabilities, for their medical conditions, for their medical choices. We have walked so far away from this. And I'm telling you, it is the same people that two years ago would have said, yeah, I don't think 
that you should have to tell the father of your baby that you're getting an abortion. Absolutely not. That is your body. That is your medical decision. It is no one else's business. You do not have to tell the father of that baby that you're going to terminate that pregnancy. Same group of people will now say, you do have to tell me. Not only can I ask if you, not only can I ask about your personal medical choices, but you have to tell me. And if you give me the answer that I deem terrible, if I decide I don't like that you have made that medical choice, you can't come into my grocery store. You can't go into my movie theater. You can't come into my restaurant. You guys, to say that this is anything short of medical apartheid is to miss the point. This is, we have, well, I can't believe how fast we've walked back to just abandoning our progress since the 60s and 70s and gone straight back into segregation, right? And what's funny is statistically, Hispanics and African Americans are the higher groups that are least likely to get the jab. They're statistically more hesitant than a lot of other ethnicities. So I don't know, is it racist? Can we, can we go there? Can we say that that might be a racist thing to do to have these vaccine passports? And of course, I don't want to even spend too much time camping on the, camping out on the obvious hypocrisy of the fact that it's racist to require an ID to vote, and it is not racist to require a vaccine ID to go into a grocery store? I mean, that conversation is happening at the same time as the vaccine ID conversation. These things are, are coming together and making a giant dumpster fire. <laughs> These things are, I, you know, I mean, that's where I just scratch my head. And I get really angry in my kitchen. I get angry. I don't know where you get angry about these facts and these things that you read, but I get angry in my kitchen. So Israel is a great kind of bubble. Israel is a great test subject for whether or not this jab is something that we should be continuing to move towards, right? If this is the answer, we have Israel. Israel is right around the last statistics I've heard are right around 85% vaccinated in their, you know, teenage and adult population. 85%, my goodness gracious, that's actually, I think, past the quote-unquote herd immunity that CDC is like aiming to get. But of course, herd immunity refers to uh, your natural immunity having been, having gotten or been exposed to the virus doesn't have anything at all to do with vaccination status, but we're just changing terminology as we go here. But that's neither here nor there. According to the Israel Ministry of Health, as of 72721, so just a couple of days ago last week, uh, severe and critical cases of COVID, there were 42 in the unvaxxed and 95 fully vaxxed. Positive cases uh, nationwide in fully vaxxed people, it was 53% of the cases. Partially vaxxed was 3% of the cases and unvaxxed was 43% of the cases. So in Israel, where we have the largest population and we're seeing lockdowns coming back there, we're seeing masks back there, we're seeing massive, uh, tyrannical, just absolute kukachu happening out in Israel. They're a little bubble of, of highly, highly, it's one of the most highly vaccinated countries 
in the world right now, suffering under a spike of death, hospitalizations, cases in a lockdown, etc. And we're actually seeing that more positive cases, a higher percentage is coming from the fully jabbed. And I mean, it's almost 50-50. I'll give it that. It's 53 to 43%. But still, it's slightly higher in vaccinated. And then, of course, in critical condition, we're seeing a much higher rate of vaccinated. Now, we know that during this pandemic, we know that the PCR tests are being discontinued in December. Not immediately, of course, because that would make sense. But in December, we're going to be moving away from the PCR test because come to find out, it cannot differentiate between COVID and the flu. It cannot. This is per the CDC. So they're encouraging doctors to move away from the PCR test and it will be fully discontinued in December. Okay, so we're just going to use it though, currently knowing that it can't figure out whether you've got COVID or the flu, moving into the flu season totally makes sense. So we know that that has already been, they've said, the PCR tests are not accurate. They're not showing their, the cycles have changed since the beginning of the pandemic. You're supposed to cycle it at a certain amount and they're being cycled at 40 cycles instead of whatever they're supposed to be cycled at. We already knew that. And now they're being discontinued because they can't decipher between the flu and COVID. So we know that they can manipulate the numbers to say whatever they want to say. We know that. So it's already hard to see. It's already hard to to flesh out whether or not this is this is going to whether or not this is our answer whether or not this is the solution so anyone who's putting their faith in this as our solution i would caution you that's that's what we're talking about today right where is your faith is your faith in science is your faith in the doctors is your faith in fauci is your faith in the government is your faith in the biden administration is your faith in the trump administration for that matter where is your faith? Because we're seeing shifty shift all over the place in all of these areas where we're going, our solution is this, our solution is this, our solution is just to put masks back on, our solution is to lock down, our solution is to, you know, put our kids back in masks, even though they've now also discovered that zero children died of COVID without comorbidities. But totally, we should keep them masked up. We should just figure out 10 years from now what that did to this generation. Having infants grow up not seeing anybody's faces. Let's just worry about that later because goodness gracious, people are dying. It is also a really great measure. I'm in Tennessee, as you know. I try at least twice a week to look up what the rolling average of deaths are and caseloads, but specifically deaths in my state. You will laugh if you start to do this. And you can also do it for the country. It will ground you so fast. You will see right through the smoke of the propaganda machine so quickly to see what the deaths are, what the seven-day rolling average is. When we see that spikes have doubled or tripled, when they go from nine to 18 cases or deaths in a city, yeah, that would be doubled. That's, that is not an incorrect headline that cases have doubled, but goodness gracious, are we worried about that yet? Is that something we need to be concerned about? Because there are more people dying in car accidents. There are more people dying of heart disease, right? Like we've never worried about those things. We've never worried about, or I should say we worry about them perhaps, but we've never taken these kind of draconian measures to intervene on those statistics. Why this? Because of course, there's so much political charge. There's so much propaganda. There's so much divisiveness. There's so much evil 
in this narrative. Where is your faith rooted? Because I am so burdened, as I said at the beginning, by the mandates that are coming down. I am seeing people that I know and love being forced to take this jab or quit their job, being forced to take the jab or not go to the college maybe not go to the college, but they're going to be treated very differently. It's going to be obvious they're not jabbed because they're going to have to be, you know, six feet away from everybody and wearing a mask and blah, blah, blah. And they can't play on the sports team. And I said this in a podcast months ago that we have got to decide where our principles are. We have to decide and pray with, with discernment. We cannot lean on our own understanding in this. We have to discern what is true and what is good and what is the will of God ahead of time. Because I don't know if I would make the same choice about whether or not I'm going to take the jab when I'm staring down the barrel of losing my whole profession. I don't know if that's the time that I need to think about whether or not I'm going to take the jab. I need to think about it. I need to pray about it. I need to discern what the the Lord's will is in my situation way before I hit that line. And y'all, I as soon as soon as this hit last summer, my husband and I were talking about I guess we're not going to ever leave the country again potentially. We love to travel. I love to travel. My daughter asked me the other day if I've ever been to London. I have a handful of times. She said, how is it? I said, it's my favorite city. I love it. She said, when can we go? I said, maybe in heaven. (laughs) Maybe never. And it hurts my whole heart to say that to her because there are so many things on my bucket list that I want to do that involve me getting on an airplane and leaving this country and going and exploring. And I, I already had to decide that if that's the line, then I'm not crossing it. I'm staying on this side. If that's the line, if I have to take this jab to do those things, then those things, I'll let them go. I'll give them up. And again, I've said, you can't take from me what I give you. That's the liberty we have in this situation that feels like we have no freedom and we have no liberty. It's being taken from us. You have it. It is yours. They cannot take from you what you give them. So decide ahead of time, And unfortunately, I know a lot of you are already faced with this decision, but I would say, where's your faith? Is your faith in what you think or is your faith in God? Is your faith in your own understanding or is your faith in God? I went to school for theater from the time I was eight years old until the time I was about 24 years old. There was not a three-month stretch that went by that I wasn't rehearsing for or performing in a show. It was my life. It was everything I wanted to do. It was everything I focused on. My mom spent, I don't know how much money, voice lessons, right? The whole thing. Went to college for that, studied and majored in performance, got into a um, British American dramatic academy and went after I graduated college and spent a summer in Oxford, England, studying Shakespeare movement, voice, It was all I wanted to do. Came back to Southern California, started doing theater there, outside of college, trying to make my way. If you would have told me any time in that season that there will come a day where that's not what you'll do, I would have laughed. And I would have felt like, then what is the point? 
if if I'm going to grow up to be a 38 year old mom who doesn't hasn't done theater in years and years, what's the point of all of this life that has gone by where I've dedicated my heart and soul to this craft, to being good at it? It it would be wasted, right? It would be wasted. But that is putting my faith in what I know. That's putting my faith in myself. That's not allowing for my faith to be in God who has a different and better plan that includes what I would call wasted time. It includes what I would say was unnecessary things or a choice that sent me on a different path. We have a fear that what we've always done is what we have to do to be valuable. What we've always done is the career that we've had for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years, for longer, that if we're not doing that, then we're not walking in God's will. Or if we're not doing that thing that we went to school for, that we studied so hard for, that we spent so much money on, that for so long has been consuming our thoughts, if we're not doing that thing, then all the time we spent doing that thing is now wasted. You guys, I break that off. That is not true. That is not true. Nothing is wasted in God's plan for you. God's plan for you includes COVID. God's plan for you includes the precipice that you're standing on right now, the precipice you've already had to cross or the precipice you know is coming. It includes that. He knows and he is asking you to make a choice. Now, I can't tell you what that choice is he's asking you to make, but I know he's asking you to put your faith in him, your faith in his plan, your faith not in your own understanding. I know that much because that's what his word tells me. I am challenging you to be a person of principle over a person of preference. If you are a person of principle, you decide ahead what my principles are, and these are lines I won't cross. So if and when I reach a moment, a precipice, where I already said, I already decided that I will not mask my children for another school year. If that's you, and you're now looking down the barrel of school that is coming out with mask mandates, or worse for your child and you've already said and decided in your heart that that's the conviction that you have, you're not going to cross over that line, I would encourage you not to cross over that line. And I would also tell you that this is part of God's plan. It's not outside of what he had planned for you. And if you never dreamed you would be a homeschool mom, I want to encourage you that God dreamed that, (laughs) that you can do that, that that is a choice, that you still have liberty, that you still have freedom to choose, that you don't have to mask your child if that's a conviction that you have. I would encourage you that if you are a parent or even a student that's about to start college and they just came out and said you have to take the jab to go to go to school or be on campus, or live on campus, or participate in sports normally, or whatever, and you have already felt convicted that you're not going to take it, maybe you've already said, if you don't have it yet, that's a hint, (laughs) that's a hint, it's a clue to you, that God's been pushing on you and saying, wait, don't, stop. If you don't already have it, it's probably because there's been some conviction that you don't want it, some hesitation that you don't want it. That is the stirring, that is a prompting, potentially, Search that out. Pray that out. Lean into that. And I would tell you, decide now. 
just because you worked really hard to get into that school for that reason, it does not mean that God does not have a plan for you that does not include those things. Just because it doesn't make sense in the natural does not mean that there is not a supernatural plan that is so much greater than the plan that you see. So take heart. Don't be discouraged. Don't be defeated. Say, okay, I heard a story multiple times now from multiple sources of this girl in Hawaii who cannot take the jab because her doctors are actually recommending against it. She tried to file for a medical exemption to this university in Hawaii and they denied her twice a medical exemption. She cannot take it. It will paralyze her body. Her doctors are on her side. They're saying we cannot give it to her and the college will not let her come unless she's fully jabbed and she is a just devout woman of faith. And she says, well, that must not be God's plan. Even though it is for a specific reason that she was going to that school, for a specific thing that she has worked hard for, for many years of her life, she's ready to say, okay, God has something different. I don't need to say, well, obviously, it wouldn't make sense for me to give up this opportunity. Obviously, I'm going to do it now, even though I, I could risk so very much of my personal health, not to mention just my personal convictions and principles. I mean, it would be silly if I gave that up. It would be silly if I didn't do it. It would be silly if I didn't bow to whatever demands they're making of us, right? But I would ask you this, if you cave now, what will you cave on next? Because I'm telling you, and I will go ahead and draw this connection and this correlation, it didn't start for the the average German that they signed up to load the people into the ovens. That's not where it starts. (laughs) It's not that one day the just evil people lined up to contribute to this mass genocide. It started years before that point where they asked you to compromise something small. Maybe you had a friend who was Jewish. Maybe you enjoyed patronizing a Jewish store. And all of a sudden, it became socially unacceptable for you, a non-Jew, to to patronize that store, to go to the store. And even though something inside you was like, oh, this feels like, why? That's silly. I love them. They're great people. And then all of a sudden, it was so, there was so much social pressure and pushback that you thought, I need to protect myself. This doesn't make sense in the natural to continue to stand in this conviction. So I'm going to compromise on my convictions and I'm going to, I'm going to comply and I'm not going to go to their store anymore. And then I'm not going to be friends with them anymore. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. And then when I see that they're being specifically targeted by German soldiers, I'm not going to stand up for them, even though my conviction is growing so strong inside my belly and I know it's wrong and I'm crying myself to sleep about it. And then you have the people who hid Anne Frank. You have the people who say, I will take on all the personal cost. I will give up all of the natural things. I will risk it all. I will put it all on the line because I know what's right and I know what God's convicting me of and I know that I can walk in in his plan and I can trust in his protection, his providence, his provision. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to make it work for myself. I can trust him. So where's your faith? Is it in your career? Is it in your education? Is it in your titles? Is it in your bank account? Is it in your stock portfolio? Is it in your friendships? Is it in your sorority? Is it in your college or higher education in general? Is it in the administration? Where is it? Because all of those things will make you compromise. God will convict you 
He won't ask you to compromise those convictions. He will convict you and then walk you through it. So if you are being asked at your job and you're convicted not to do it, then you can hold that line. And I promise you, if you hold that line, God will provide. You have a choice. You still have freedom of choice. And if you compromise now, when will you compromise next? What convictions will you step away from if you step away from them now? Maybe it looks like moving from a state that you're in, but I'm certain it means suffering. I'm certain it means suffering. I did a whole podcast called There Will Be Suffering, and I believe that there will be suffering. We're just seeing the beginning. And I want to end with a with some Bible, because you know I like to do that. In Matthew 16, at the very end, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. In that order, he says it. That's not insignificant. You must give up your own way is the first part of that. You must not give up some. You must give up your own way. You realize when he came to Matthew and called Matthew to be his follower, Matthew walked off the job. (laughs) Peter walked away from fishing. The only thing he's ever done. Matthew, riches, just he was a tax collector. He had so much abundance, great clothes, a beautiful home in that time. Plenty of of things in the natural that would anchor you to that position. He had to give it all up because he knew what he was giving it up for was better than what he had in his hand already. So you have to give up your own way is the first thing. Take up your cross. I don't know if you've seen The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. It's been a it's probably been a while. You should go back and give that one a little look see. It does not look like carrying a cross in that scene. It does not look like carrying a cross is um an easy thing. <laughs> it looks like it's quite a burden as a matter of fact. Even Jesus required that somebody help him for a season carry the burden of that cross. It looks crappy. And then the third is, and follow me, and follow Jesus. If you want to be my disciples, my followers, the first thing is not to follow me. That's the easy part, right? We all want to be followers of Jesus, or maybe, I hope you want to be a follower of Jesus, but that's the easy part. You must give up your own way, take up your cross, the burden that comes in the natural from being one of my disciples from having to let go of your own way, that is a burden and follow me. And it goes on to say, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Oh, if that is not so relevant right this minute, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Are you willing to do that? Are we willing to do that? Give up our life for my sake. A lot of us think that means do what Matthew did, right? And give up your life in the natural. Give up the riches, give up the profession, give up the titles, give up the bank account, whatever whatever might be required of you to stay in those convictions that Christ has put in your belly. The Holy Spirit is whispering to you right now. Even as I'm talking, you know exactly what those convictions are. Holy Spirit is telling you them right now. We often think it's just the things in the natural, but it could mean the literal statement there. Are you willing to give up your life for my sake? 
it might go that far. How many martyrs have there been over the course of history? It might, it might look like that. I hope it doesn't. Goodness gracious. But where would we be as a country, as a world, as a church, if it were not for the people who walked before us and did just that? I'm just saying, stew on that one, right? And the, the verse goes on to say, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? That's what, that's where we're at. This is why I'm talking about compromising on your principles. If you compromise once, Sure, you might benefit. So the verse is, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Yeah, you get to go to the grocery store. You get to feel good. You get to get on your plane. You get to travel wherever you want. You're not going to have the same restrictions that somebody who doesn't choose to get the jab is going to have. That's true. But what good is it if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? I hope you guys are continuing to dig in and anchor in to where your faith belongs. Don't put your faith in the media, in something shifty. Put your faith in God. And I'm telling you, if God tells you that the right answer for you is to get the jab, then go for it. But I'm I'm specifically speaking to the people who feel that they're on this precipice where they're going to make a decision that's outside of what they already decided, what they already felt convicted to do because the cost is going to be too great. Pay it. Pay the price. Because what does it matter that you gain the whole world but you give up your soul? I hope that encourages you today, guys. (laughs) Such an encouraging message. I love y'all. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Dear Heavenly Father, give us strength. Give us strength. Help us to put on the armor of God, Lord, because we know that we are not battling flesh and blood here. This is a spiritual war, but you have put your armies in the clouds on our behalf and we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. Help us to anchor our faith in you always and above everything else. Help us to not lean on our own understanding. Help us to see, help us to have clarity and Lord, please convict us, convict us. Help us to know what it is that you are asking of us. Help us to lean into that, hear you very clearly, and let that be our anchor, and then give it all up. Surrender our own will, our own understanding, our own plans, Lord, to you. Let us trust that your plans are above our plans. In your son's name we pray. Amen.